gentlemen, start your engine. Fox Sports 1498.3 FM presents Start Your Engines. Here's your race team for today. Show producer, Ronnie Black. Track reporter and racing insider, Nelson Crozier. Former NASCAR team manager and author, Greg Moore. Now, here's your host for Start Your Engines. Racing historian and author, Perry Allen Wood. Good morning and welcome to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports 1400. Ronnie, who's the stranger sitting over here? I don't know. He looks vaguely familiar. Uh, It's coming back. I know him from somewhere. I can't quite put it. Well, we are real tickled to death to have Greg Moore back with us this morning after a little sheet time. Greg, uh, how was your vacation? Well, what exactly the kind of vacation you want? <laughs> I no, know. I, I'd, uh, my pancreas got infected, and it, it's, whoever gets something like that, you don't ever want to get it. It's extremely painful. But, yeah, I, 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 I know I understood you all had a couple of good shows, and uh, I'm just tickled to be back. I mean... Uh, listen i've been am, missing the show and i'm tickled you back i really didn't expect you back this quickly and and i sure do appreciate it well i appreciate the prayers and everything everybody's done for me and like i say you and perry and everybody stayed, stayed in touch with me and uh, i want to thank everybody that, that's done what they've done but uh looks like i may be out of the woods with this deal but uh, and, and i heard you getting some good tlc from your lovely wife and her sister yep yep my wife and her sister my sister-in-law uh Okay, Berlin K been waiting on me, hand and foot since I got there. I actually went when I first got home and didn't do anything. I mean nothing. And that's different. How? Uh, I mean, like <laughs> I'm teasing you, Greg. Serious. I mean, seriously. I mean, you know, they even put the put the put a bedside potty next to. Let's not get bed. too technical well, about this, well, Greg. Well, I mean what I'm saying, so I don't have to take too many steps. Okay. All but right. anyway, other other than that, yeah, I'm tickled to death to be back and. Uh, ready to start start your engines and, and let's talk some racing well we're gonna, we're gonna do that and um have a slight programming change i came on uh open mic daily yesterday when I, I texted hauser that we had dr jerry punch on the show today but today is the first day of time trials and he's up there at indianapolis and i guess it's gotten kind of busy because we can't get a hold of him again or greg can't well, that's the downside of live radio with live interviews. The upside is when we do get to talk to him, it's real-time news. And uh, we think we can probably get him next week because uh, it'll be the Saturday before the Indianapolis 500. And uh, I'm not saying there's nothing going on, but it's not like uh, poll day or right. a qualifying day, which he's going today. So having somebody of the caliber of Greg Moore that knows everybody in the sport, we've got a real good guest this morning leonard wood who uh knows a little bit about racing and uh been to a race or two he's been to a race or two and the all-star races tonight and he won it one year with michael walter yep and um we'll be glad to talk to leonard in about uh 10 or 15 minutes 15 or 20 minutes anybody that can ride herd on michael walter does a good job that's right that's right and <laughs> on top of that uh as me and perry were talking earlier the wood brothers went to indy one time with the indy cars and pitted jim clark won the race so they are they are hunt, batting 100 100 with the, with the indy cars yeah and leonard uh well biggest biggest thing leonard uh, leonard and, and Pe- david pearson together couldn't be beat couldn't be beat so far superior is the joke 
Now I wonder you going back to that, that, uh, indie race that the Wood brothers pitted. I wonder how much extra training, different training they had to do because the indie cars are so different. Well, well, it's a good question. You can, you can ask him, but I know back in those days, uh, they had, they didn't have pneumatic impact wrenches. I mean, that's when you came into pits and they had the knockoffs to use a hammer right. and knock the, knock the, the hub off the, the wheel to, to change tires. But, uh, I got a feeling they were, now we're talking 53 years ago. Yeah. That was 1965. So, uh, they were young and they could adapt real quickly, I'm sure. And, uh, they not only pitted Jim Clark's car, they also had Bobby Johns in that race. It was Clark's teammate and he finished seventh. So, uh, they actually did double duty that day, but had a lot to do. Now, Clark had a flawless race that day, but, um, the wood brothers was part of it being flawless they didn't worry about the pit stops where you came in and and uh you know the year before 64 was a horrible year with the fire and two drivers getting killed and 64 was one of the worst years for racing in the world yeah and parnelli jones uh had a pit fire and had to jump out of his car going down so i mean 65 was just the opposite of 64 it was almost perfect and anyway we can talk to leonard a little bit about that and about the uh his new driver, Paul Menard, and everything that's going on in stock car racing. Yeah, it is. And uh, they actually ran a race last week at Kansas. I and, heard uh, that. Well, I know you heard that because after it was <laughs> over, I sent Ronnie a text that uh, two words, you bum. Because <laughs> I got it. We've gone the whole season without picking the winner, and now Ronnie's hooked up with Kevin Harvick, and he's won two in a row. So uh, our little point standings that we have is uh, – Ronnie three, Nelson one, and you and I haven't scratched the surface no, yet there. No, me and Perry hadn't scratched the surface. But we're going to do it. Don't, we don't worry. It's a long season. It, i got plenty of time to blow it. It, it is. Yeah, you do. And uh, <laughs> if I have to institute some rules to see that it happens, I'll, I'll do that. Since I've, well, uh, I'll go on record right now. I won't pick Harvick today. Well, pick him. I don't, go ahead. He can't win every week. It's just up to us to pick who does. <laughs> yeah, like I said. Now, didn't, didn't Menard here back a couple of weeks ago win, win a leg? He, he won. Yeah but paul menard i believe he did he won might even been last week i don't remember week or week before last he did win one of the stages so i think he's been doing a real good job for wood brothers leonard be telling us about that we'll find out about that but kevin harvick did win the race last week again and uh nelson can uh, get into this a little bit there there were some uh, fines levied with uh chad johnson kyle larson's crew chief was fined fifty thousand dollars and the car chief i don't understand why they need both but anyway um, I think that's one of the things you were talking about what's wrong with NASCAR. I think they got too many people, too many chiefs. <laughs> well, they were talking about Nelson was last week talking about 30 engineers, mm-hmm. you know, on one for one team. I mean, that's crazy. But anyway, um, David Bryant, the car chief was suspended for the next two races for, and this is going back to the improper window support, you know, where, uh, Harvick won that race a couple of a month or so ago. And, uh, some support had broken and the window was bowing down in the back and changing the aerodynamics and you know so on and so forth well that had happened to several cars because i mean apparently that what they use is like a kit you know it's all got to yeah. be the same and it's got to be the same thickness and everything and what nascar don't quite understand what in the heck do they have business carrying a man's car well, you check his motor check the height and the spoiler Make sure the motor ain't big. But this stuff of carrying the car all the way back over to, to the 
to the R&D center and going over it with a fine-tooth comb, that's wrong. I'd love to have seen them take Smokey Unit's car <laughs> and said they was going to take it over there and tear it apart. My Smokey drove the race car right out of the racetrack and gave him the prize money and everything. Well, when Nelson is telling us, like he did last week, when we had, uh, and I want to appreciate our two guys that sat in for Greg, uh, Bill Rossi the first week yes. and Danny Fowler last week did a great job. But Nelson was telling us again last week that he had touched on once before that the color of the car makes is a difference. A, is making a difference on these the reflective the properties million of the paint. Little, the 19 million little dots or something that the the this apparatus that they put the cars through they pick up on and from what nelson said if i understood him collect, uh, correctly a, a flat black car would would have no problem but you get a shiny silver or white car and uh the the machinery well the technology also, can't keep up with the color of the car it's crazy well it's, it's the reflective properties of the paint and it's also the color of the paint whether it's reflecting heat or not yep or absorbing heat changes the shape of the the fenders and everything that's just not right you know what we used to see even back when we were racing and they were getting pretty strict of course they wasn't doing this laser stuff and picture stuff one thing one thing they got a bunch of inspectors and stuff fooling the technology don't know what they're doing that's part of it. nelson will tell you that but uh we could get the car at all the templates real close it's dead right you load and unload the car and it'd be things would be slightly off just from loading it and unloading right but they just nascar don't realize that every time they slap a fine on somebody for something stupid it just runs off more fans so well i, I totally agree with you greg they well just, you know nelson always says and he, uh, you lay a piece of metal out in the sun for a couple of hours and it's not the same shape or size or anything anymore right. and you, you you do that with a race car and the heat that it generates on the track let alone just sitting in the on the pit road in the sun it, it changes things and that's they're too fine they're way too tight with this stuff it, 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 it's, it's beyond beyond thunderdome i mean it's it's, it's, it's just they're, they're they're completely ridiculous well and, we uh, have always been known as as in this studio as a, a nascar friendly show and that's one of the reasons some of the nascar men will talk to us and we still are nascar friendly extremely. but sometimes you got to call bs yeah well you know you don't hear about this as much with other i don't anyway with other forms of racing you know drag racing or or um indycar you know you don't hear weekly that some guy was fined fifty thousand dollars for a a low a loose lug nut and uh he, and he can't come to the track for two weeks you know it's uh it's just it's crazy what they're doing and i think they are shooting themselves in the foot and uh we were talking yesterday on um, open mic. You know, Hauser was asking me about the sale of NASCAR and this, that, and the other. And I was like, you know, I think they better get. I think the France family should get out from under it now. Uh, they've had it since the start, and Brian it, France does not have the passion. I don't know the man, but he does not have the passion that his grandfather and his father had for the sport. So, uh, you know, and we're not being critical as a person. That's that's okay. Just don't try to fake it no but and i don't know how you're gonna fix it um i think with this new thing with the with betting the states being able to bet you know to organize their own betting systems or organizations or whatever uh could 
maybe save NASCAR. I mean, I don't know. How could it? We can ask Nelson that. How could betting benefit NASCAR? Now, you know, there's all the pros and cons about just betting in general. Yes. But it's out there. I mean, from church bingo to going down and seeing a going to Biloxi yeah, or, or, or going to Harris or going to see big Al down into corner bar, you yeah. know, he'll sell you a parlay card that betting's out there. So yeah. why not regulate it and get some money out of it and bring it out of the closet, yeah. you know, and above the table. I think that would help. And uh, so, and so let them bet on racing. What, what the heck they race. They, they, they do it anyway. You can get odds on the races can, in Las Vegas. Then you can regulate it. Yep. Then you can regulate That's it. That's so, like with the Super Bowl in Vegas. You, you can bet on who wins the toss. Yeah. It's a Super Bowl. I mean, they'll, they'll bet on anything, but uh, NASCAR is flat. Got to let open up the box. They'll bet on how long the national anthem's going to last. Yeah. And another thing, too, it, it's not that we're being trying to be super critical. We want to see NASCAR prosper. That's the reason, you know, uh, we, me and Nelson were talking about possibly uh, writing a, a letter or going down and visiting the francis and stuff just talk to them and they'll say well they won't listen to us you know but uh why i don't know but the people that's trying to tell them things i mean i don't want to say all the stuff to people like my daddy and rex white and cotton and pearson leonard and all these people the petties and uh wood brother everything i, I don't want to see all that stuff them people work so hard for go down the tubes because somebody mismanaged something you know we're behind NASCAR 100%, but they're going to have to fix something. Well, know? I think that's the key. We are behind NASCAR 100%, but if something's broken, it's broken, and you can tell it. I mean, yeah. look at the seats. They're not building grandstands. They're tearing them down. Oh, yeah. I mean, ain't no such thing as the backstretch grandstand no more. Not at Daytona. No, well, you're right. You're absolutely right. Not anywhere. Not anywhere. One of the best seats in the world used to be the backstretch of Talladega, and they had some stands back there, and that was Party Row back there. And, um, uh, they they've another thing too is they pull these drivers out of nowhere and you don't know if they paid their dues uh or they paid they you got part of it right yeah they paid their dues all right they but, paid but how if you got the car to where a kid can drive it then anybody can drive it it's just that simple and uh banjo matthews told me years ago even when the cars were a handful to drive he said, them drivers got a lot of people fooled. Yeah, I, I, I Banjo was going to get a test down there with Bobby Allison. We'd come across from getting some lunch. And I said, Banjo, I just can't imagine driving off that turn three at 200 mile an hour. He said, it ain't that much to it if the thing drives right. He said, these drivers got a lot of people fooled. He said, there ain't that much to it. Well, now that apparently there's nothing to it. You know. Yeah. It, it's simulators and all this stuff. Well, I tell you what, it's an interesting discussion, and we could do a whole show just on this, and maybe we will one day. Maybe. But right now, we're going to take a break and um, come back and talk to our, our legend segment, which will be Leonard Wood. And you're listening to Fox Sports Spartanburg, 1400 AM, 98.3 FM. There's no points racing here. Greg, Perry, Ronnie, and Nelson are racing to win. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM.
Steve and Jerry here from the world-famous Beacon Drive-In in Spartanburg. The Beacon has served over 300 menu selections of burgers, barbecue, chicken, fish, and more for over 70 years. Jerry, what's been the most popular? Chili cheese, I ain't plantain. I need flounder. Cheeseburger like a burger, make it cry. Give me a bacon with no trim. <laughs> Had a feeling you'd say that. Join Steve and Jerry at the world-famous Beacon Drive-In, John B. White Senior Boulevard in Spartanburg. Hey, plantain. Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. The new way was new way back in 1938, and it's still going strong today. With quick service for lunch, sandwiches, sides, and your favorite beverage. And no trip to the new way is complete without trying their original redneck cheeseburger or redneck nachos. Made with the new way's homemade famous pimento cheese. The new way has lunch specials Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays. Try the new way specialty sandwiches, including their grown-up grilled cheese. The new way is still going strong after nearly 80 years. 373 East Kennedy Street. Look for the PBR sign and the big red door. Like to be up a little later than the missus? Yeah, me too. Hey, you love sports and so do we. So much so that we decided to keep it going locally till well past midnight. And wouldn't you know it, the suits have elected me, KB, as the mayor of late nights here in the Sparkle City. Stay up late with me, KB, weeknights at 11, only on Fox Sports 1400. Now on FM at 98.3. It's just about summertime, and that means it's time for the kids to go to camp. And the Spartanburg County Historical Association is offering several one-day fun and educational camps for boys and girls this season, starting at just $35. SCHA is offering two American Girl Camps open to girls ages 7 to 14, as well as in your backyard, an archaeological camp learning from what our ancestors left behind. And new this year, a photography camp centered around capturing the history of Spartanburg's backcountry. For more information and to register your child, visit SpartanburgHistory.org. It's the call nobody wants to make. Your home or business has water or fire damage or mold. Let Service Master of the Upstate make that call a little easier. Service Master of the Upstate restores homes and businesses alike. If you've been hit with mold or fire or water damage, call today at 582-3451. Service Master of the Upstate also cleans carpets, rugs, and hard surface flooring. Make that call a little easier. Call Dyer and Amanda Jennings at Service Master of the Upstate, 582-3451, 582-3451. Wancho's Bar and Grill on McCravey Drive in Spartanburg is now open for lunch and dinner. Located next door to Wilkins Opticians in the old Corona's location at 404 McCravey Drive, Wancho's offers Mexican cuisine. Enjoy their lunch specials from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. every day, including Saturdays. Also on Saturdays, Wancho's features their plate of house Juanito Fajita special. And after a long day of work, stop in for a daily drink special from 4 to 7, including 199 margaritas on Mondays and Tuesdays. Wancho's 404 McCravey Drive on Spartanburg's east side. Close Sundays. This is Derek Scott, the voice of the Gamecocks, and you're listening to Spartanburg's home for South Carolina sports. Fox Sports 1400, now on FM 98.3. Welcome back to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg, and we are so proud to welcome our next guest, Hall of Famer, legend, you name it, Mr. Leonard Wood. Good morning, Mr. Wood. How are you? Good morning. I'm fine. I'm just headed to the racetrack. And you still go every week? 
Not every week, but uh, I'm going to the two in Charlotte here, and then I used to go to Talladega, Daytona, Michigan, and not all of them, but uh, I go to quite a few. Yeah, I remember you when you go to Talladega, you you used to always stop at the Peach Blossom and have lunch with Bud Moore and go see David Pearson. Oh, yeah, yeah. Two of my great friends that uh, it was just uh, so fun to race with those guys. Leonard, uh, we were sitting there, you know, it's getting close. To, uh, first of all, I want to say I thank y'all, uh, the, the combination of Wood Brothers and, uh, and Paul Menard. I, I think y'all are doing a real good job. I mean, he definitely is. It, 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 y'all moved him up a whole bunch of positions and uh, are doing quite well with him. But we were sitting here talking about the anything. Could you could you kind of tell us how that deal went? I mean, y'all like batting 100%. Uh, the what now? Yeah, at Indy, you know, when y'all went in '65, I mean, y'all 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 were batting like a hundred percent with Indy cars, and uh, y'all went up there and pitted it. Could you tell us just briefly a little bit about that situation? Oh well, yeah, you know, uh, we had uh, kind of pretty much we started in 1960 working on the pit stops, and we pretty much had that worked out in the stock cars. And uh, uh, John Cowley with Ford Motor Company called Glenn and wanted to know if would come up pit Jim Clark and uh this is in 65 and uh we told him yes we'd be happy to so uh we went up a week early you know and prepared the car for a pit stop and uh it was uh we kind of hit a home run on that deal you sure did now did y'all do Bobby Johns uh, as well we did and uh, the agreement was whoever was running first uh uh, ahead of the other one would get to pit first and uh so uh we was preparing you know to get the uh car through inspection and uh the inspector wanted to know how come we had the outlet on the tank so high up on the tank and uh the reason <laughs> was there's a big giant venture inside so if you got a round venture it's got to go in the center so that raises up off the floor about uh, 12 inches or so and uh and so he says i bet you can't pour 20 ga- bet you a thousand dollars you can't pour 20 gallons a minute out of that tank and so <laughs> we didn't bet with him so we went ahead and got through inspection and uh, we made a dry run and we put 58 gallons in in 15 seconds <laughs> oh man so y'all out this yeah. was uh the first time under gravity feed see before it was always uh went in under pressure and uh so they thought we was going to be in there about a minute and uh so we knew it was going to be uh, uh around 20 seconds uh, or less so the first stop was about 17 18 seconds and uh, Sam Hanks, he was a commentator, and he said, well, says, you can bet they didn't get it full, says, you know, green crew and all that, <laughs> says, they'll be coming back in. <laughs> yeah, gr- and, uh, green crew Bill and a Frank, green car. Bill Frantz Sr.'s up in the stands, he says, that's my boys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, that might that the Frantz uh, look good, too. On down uh, towards time for pit stops, you know, uh, we wasn't coming in. And uh, he said we'd be back in, you know. We didn't get it full. And we kept running, you know. And then uh, uh, Sam says, uh, 
what's the deal? Says they're not coming in. Says, well, don't understand it. They must be using half gasoline, half alcohol, so they have to put in as much. Sent a runner down to talk to Chapman, asked him uh, what he was burning. He told him pure alcohol. So, uh, but anyway, it was just a, a great time. Uh, Jim Clark, he just come in, hit it right on the marks, and he left immediately whenever we got through. And uh, he, I know he told me he wasn't going to run hard, you know. And about the second, third lap, he dropped down, took over the lead, and it was all downhill from there. It sure was. And you, um, now I know they didn't have the pneumatic uh, air wrenches for the for the wheels back then. You still had to do the knockoffs, right? Yeah, yeah. The, uh, we practiced and practiced with them things, so you just uh, hit them and the nut would spin off. And I, I told him, I said, how come you guys don't have a power gun to this thing? So... About the next two years, they had power guns. <laughs> <laughs> and now, did did you have the uh, the the jack? Uh, was it a, a pneumatic jack like they have today? Because I know those came in. You know, they've been up Andy for probably close to fifty years. But I, I don't know if y'all had those or you had to put the thing. They, the they had a they had a special uh, uh, in. Then the uh, platform jack or something that hadn't didn't have it working, and but it was the old roller skate wheels, you know, on the over center deal. You run it under there and just uh, with a long handle and, right. and pried it up. That's the way you did it. Yeah, God, I was it worked pretty good. It did work good, and I, I I I can just picture everything you're saying. I've watched that race so many times, and y'all did such a fantastic job, and. Uh, but not, tonight you're heading to Charlotte for the um, for the All Star race, and I have a vivid memory of you winning that one year with uh, Michael Walter before he'd ever won yeah. a, a regular points race. That was like his first yeah, big win. Yeah, he, uh, he was in the Open and advanced to the uh, All Star, and uh, they worked on it. He wasn't running all that great, and uh, they worked on it and kept working and making adjustments. And in the last leg before the last 10 laps the thing they really got it right and they was really clipping off some good laps so when the 10 laps started uh he passed dale senior and they thought well dale's gonna run him back down and i knew from the laps he was running before he stopped it uh, they wasn't gonna catch him and uh, <laughs> and they didn't it uh, he just went on did a great job yeah well, that's like i've always said when it comes to wood brothers anybody can win a race in wood brothers car but i tell you well, one thing that's, uh, it's a tough situation out there right now well and like i say people yeah. ask me about paul menard you know paul's a great driver you know uh, you, you have the car right he's very capable of winning and i tell people i said they asked me about him and i said well he's won the brickyard 400 and we haven't <laughs> <laughs> but y'all so, won the indy uh, 500 <laughs> it's a pit crew. That's yeah, cool. we won the one with Jim Clark, but we've never won the uh, uh, stock car 400, and he has. Well, that, I know he wanted he wanted saving fuel and still outrun him. So he did a great job. Well, following Paul's a, Paul's a great guy. Following the races that I do every week, you, you know, when he was, and I'm not throwing off on Childress or anything like that, but you know. You just didn't seem to hear about him. He seemed like a mid-pack 
guy he just his name never hardly came up during the races but now it's every week that paul menard is up around the front and i think driving for the wood brothers uh has just been a big boost to um to paul menard's uh Stock. yeah his stock has just risen well, so much since since he's gotten with you guys and i, I see a, i see a win coming up here pretty soon well you know uh, team penske you know they have a great help and uh you know and and richard Childress, he builds great cars sometimes you know it you just you know crew chief and uh uh driver go at it the right way but for some reason that you end up don't have it quite way you need it you know and i know uh that just happens with different teams uh and they keep working working and eventually you know you get it worked out uh but uh yeah we're we're proud of team penske uh roger penske just a very classy guy and uh he's a great help to the wood brothers yeah paul menard no no doubt about it uh rogers rogers first class the captain but I will say one thing, and, and people talk, still talk about it around this area and really all over the any stock car fan. There has never been a crew chief driver combination like Leonard Wood and David Pearson. And I don't think well, there's nothing to this day even rifles it. I mean, well, I appreciate you saying that. Uh, we were cer- certainly proud of David, and uh, we did uh, click pretty good. Uh, uh, he drove the car like exactly like we like to set him up, like Wood Brothers likes to set him up. And uh, if you get your car right, uh, David Pearson, you're home free. <laughs> Leonard, tell us about but, the time first time you at Darlington uh, when you when you run Pearson the first time and he made a couple laps and you couldn't find him. Tell us tell us that story. That, that that's a good one. Well, he just said, uh, you know, it, uh, he he. He says, I might run 30 hundreds quicker when I get ready to qualify. <laughs> and he did. He set on pole, won the first race, you know. It's just uh, unbelievable. Yeah, I think it was kind of one of them deals where everybody thought maybe you needed a little more practice. I think Pearson said, the other guys need practice. I don't. <laughs> he yeah, went out he, there and he yeah, sat he on the. A... <laughs> he always says, don't need no practice. <laughs> I say, yeah, but the car does. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, no, I you know I still say nobody could drive Darlington like David Pearson, and, and it's gone through so many configurations and changes. But David Pearson was the master at Darlington. I just got to mention. Well, yeah. the, go ahead. Now I just uh, want to mention nowadays. You know, you got these experienced race drivers. You know, and you know they know uh, which line to take. You know, and uh, uh, some of them will tell them, "Well, run low or run high." I mean, like, like he. Your car might not run low, so you got to run it where it runs, you know. So a, a veteran driver knows the best line for it, but just because somebody else is running low don't mean like you can run low. So, uh, But David Pearson, you just didn't never mention which line or whatever to take. He's already figured out what line <laughs> That's <best>. right. <laughs> well, Mr. Yeah. Wood, anybody that has has even just casually followed NASCAR over the years, if you say the, the the phrase pit stop, the first thing that comes to people's mind is Woods Brothers. When did and what was the beginnings of when y'all first started trying to streamline your pit stops, specialize in it, and, and make it so much quicker than everybody else? Well, this is uh, uh, the same racetrack, very first race, Pearl Six 
1960. Uh, Fireball Roberts took him 45 seconds, him and Smokey Unix changed two tires and filled it up with fuel. And this same guy, uh, uh, Ford Motor Company engineer, uh, mentioned the fact that uh, uh, it's time to, he thought it's time to be gained in the pit. So we wanted to kind of impress Ford Motor Company, so we decided we'd go working at it. So uh, we, John Cowley. Yeah, Don Cowley. So we started working with it, and then pretty soon we was down to 25 seconds with two tires of gas. And it ended up that we would make a pit stop, and everybody thought we was a half a lap behind because I was half a lap ahead. <laughs> <laughs> usually a lap ahead after that deal. And I remember the fall, so, the fall race at Charlotte that year, y'all won it with Speedy Thompson. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, so we, we had already had the pit stop worked out by then, but... Uh, yeah, we, uh, you know, uh, pit stops has paid off a great deal for us back in the day. You know, it made you uh, get out front. You could take care of your car better and all that. Uh, but still, you got to win some races to get recognized as, as a pit stop. <laughs> right. I've got to mention before we let you go, we're getting low on time here, that Leonard was uh, nice enough when Greg and I wrote the book on uh, – bud moore's right hand man that leonard did the forward for that book and uh had some really nice gracious things to say about greg and um i still really appreciate talking to you that day when we uh recorded that and, and set that up and um that book still sells real good it must be because you did the forward so well it hey well i don't know about that but thank <laughs> you so much and and i would like to mention the fact about uh bud moore uh, greg's dad uh what a great guy to race with. And uh, he called me up one time. He says, uh, what do you think about 240-inch headers? And I, and I was already running them. And uh, I said, well, I guess they're all right. I didn't really want to tell him, you know. So, <laughs> so he's going to Daytona, and he says, well, I'm going to put them on there. And he went down there, and I remember him setting the timing on that engine. It, it was just the prettiest sounding engine you ever heard, just free running and all that. Well, we ended up winning the race, and he finished second, I think, uh, tied with Kale. And he goes down to Talladega, and we sit on pole at 186 miles an hour. And he comes over and tells me, he says, look at here. He said, my carburetor wasn't open, three-fourths open. And I'm thinking, uh, no way, you know. And uh, he said, well, we'll find out in the morning. So he goes out, and he says, uh, runs a two miles an hour faster than we did. Of course, he, he, he still didn't get pole because of the second day. So then he goes out and wins the race. But his carburetor wasn't opening up. Buddy had been to throttle down that Daytona. Leonard had my mind blowed so bad when people got food under those 180 headers. And uh, so Leonard had fixed his own, kept them shorter, and... We tried every way in the world to get them working. It sounded good. We wouldn't run like the Wood Brothers. And, and I told him, I said, it's got to help. It sounds so much better. It's got to help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I worked all night, got that day late at Darlington, you know, and uh, figured out a way to make them shorter, you know, with a board that you end up, the way they run them, you know, they had to be long, 
longer than need to be, so I figured out a way to get them short, and it sounds so pretty, and I remember Greg bragging on the way it sounds, and uh, I appreciate <laughs> it. Leonard, we certainly appreciate you coming on. Um, start your engines with us. We Every time we have you on here, it's like, you know, we could do the whole hour with you. We, your, your recollections and the way you uh, tell the stories are just, it's just fascinating, and um, we're proud to have you on. We're glad you're a friend of the show, and uh, good luck tonight. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, and uh, y'all have a great weekend yourself. Thank you so much. That is Leonard Wood, legend, Hall of Famer, you name it. And um, I tell you what, it's amazing to listen to that, man. It's like this stuff that happened 50 or 60 years ago happened yesterday. Oh, he, he can actually he, – he's got – seems like almost total recall. He does. He, he absolutely does. But we're going to take a break right now and come back for our last segment of the show. And um, – I guess we got Nelson standing by at the track, so we'll talk. Uh, he's he's in Charlotte, so he didn't have to travel too far this week. You are listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. Forever to be. And you can put spurs on this one. The Garnet and Black play here. He dives and makes the catch. Catch the Gamecocks in action all season long. Blast it deep to right. Right here on your home for South Carolina baseball. Spartanburg's home of the Gamecocks is Fox Sports 1400. Now on FM at 98.3. Here comes lunchtime. Do you know that unlike some barbecue places, Bubba's Barbecue and Bash has ribs for lunch every day. Bubba's also has great burgers, pulled pork, calabash chicken, all of your favorite sides, and some of the best sauce around. Top it off with Bubba's famous banana pudding or a slice of pecan pie for dessert, and you'll make Bubba's your barbecue home. Bubba's Barbecue and Bash, 827 West Blackstock Road, just a half mile from Westgate Mall. Have lunch at Bubba's today. Throughout your life, you've worked hard to accumulate assets, to build wealth, and to provide for your family. You've built a comfortable life full of shared memories and experiences. Providing and protecting your loved ones is never more critical than when you aren't there to do so. While having a will is important, it's not the only way. That is why developing an estate plan can be the best thing you will ever do for them. Working with our estate planning experts, Trent Lancaster, in the Spartanburg office of Jenny Montgomery, Montgomery Scott can help you to design a customized estate plan that can protect and preserve your assets for the next generation. The sooner you begin, the sooner you can be at ease knowing that your loved ones will be provided for as you intended. Contact Trent today to discuss your estate planning needs at 864-585-8282. That's 585-8282 or visit TrentLancaster.com. Jenny Montgomery Scott, LLC, member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. Charlie Granger's World Famous Hot Dogs, Brisket, and Barbecue is now open in Greer. Charlie Granger's offers the upstate 19 different types of gourmet hot dogs ranging from the traditional to the adventurous. All served with the freshest ingredients. Charlie Granger's mouth-watering beef brisket brings out the best possible flavor in every bite. Charlie Granger's features quality service and a fun atmosphere. Open Monday through Saturday for lunch and dinner and Sundays from 11 to 2 located on Highway 14 in Greer. There's no points racing here. Greg, Perry, Ronnie, and Nelson are racing to win. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. 
Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. If you're in the market for a job in manufacturing or distribution, or you run a business and are in need of employees in fields ranging from small-scale construction to large mechanical contracting to manufacturing, packaging, and warehousing, then let CRS help. CRS has been a reliable bridge that runs in both directions for employers and job seekers. Get your next great search started today. Call CRS at 336-2405, stop by 337 Spartan Green Boulevard in Duncan, or online at crshighright.com. Where's the greatest return on your tax dollars? Elite Audio, where we offer the best in car audio, video, navigation, and custom design systems that are one of a kind. If you're like me, you spend a lot of time in your car, so make it safe with hands-free Bluetooth and keep the kids entertained with a mobile video system. The look of your ride is just as important as how it sounds. We also do wheels, tires, and accessories. Over 80 wheels on display at Elite Audio on Asheville Highway in Spartanburg. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram and check us out on the web at EliteAudioOnline.com. You dream it, we build it. Hi, this is Dan Patrick. Join me and the Danettes weekday mornings at 9 on Spartanburg's Fox Sports 1400. Now on FM at 98.3. Nelson Crozier is trackside and ready to go. What's going on at this week's big race? Let's go live to Nelson now. Good morning. Nelson, how you doing this morning? We're uh, having some button pushing problems over here for a second. Uh, well, you bragged on me off the air, so I got to screw up. <laughs> I did. I just told. I just got through telling Ronnie what a great job he does, uh, and I, I don't know. He just had a little moment there. <laughs> but how are well, you? Are tra- you you are, you are trackside this week, aren't you? Right, and the car, uh, cup cars just got out for uh, an hour long practice sessions, and some of them didn't get any practice yesterday. And the ones that did get practice only got a maximum of three laps in in between the raindrops. Wow. How are we looking for the weather today? I mean, it looks pretty iffy in Spartanburg, and we're not that far away. Well, I think they're calling a 30% chance of rain. Yesterday it was 80% or better. So, uh, you know, just hold your breath. It might might be a few delays, but I think we'll get it in. They... um Levied some more penalties last week after uh, the Kansas race. I see that it um, looks like they uh, leaned on Kyle Larson this time. Right, and I don't know whether I really agree with that. <clears throat> you know, he got, he had race, uh, you know, damage, and uh, there was no distortion of the rear window before the damage, uh, <clears throat> you know, the collision. So, you know, I think it was uh, race-inflicted damage, but I said, oh, the brace wasn't strong enough, this and that. So uh, they haven't decided whether they're going to appeal it or not, as far as I know. I tell you, Nelson, NASCAR's going to have to do something. Like I say, I, I don't want to see all the hard work people like my daddy and the Wood Brothers and, and Petties and all the people that made the sport just go, go by the wayside because NASCAR's mismanaged this thing so terribly bad. I mean, every time well, they doggone levy a fine that people don't understand, and why they want to have post race infections. I mean, why do they want to have pre-race inspection if they're going to tear the car all to pieces? 
I mean, well, that's it. You know, if you pass pre-race inspection, uh, you know, uh, the car, as far as I'm concerned, is legal. Uh, after the race, if they want to check the engine, uh, you know, uh, or the fuel cell, so be it. But, uh, you know, how's the fuel cell going to change during the race? <laughs> you know, uh, the engine, uh, the way they pre-race inspection anymore and, you know, the limited number of uh, engine builders, uh, I don't think we've had any uh, engine infractions in, in a couple of years that I recall. Well, it seems like to me, Nelson, if they're going to keep getting you for damage that happens during the race, it's going to be cheaper for the owners than if they don't finish that race instead of getting fined. Well, that's it. I mean, uh, you know, except, again, get back to that evil thing called points. You know, get rid of the points. Uh, You know, if you win the race, you win the race. Uh, at the end of the season, if you've run five races and everybody else has won four, you're the champion. Well, and that's exactly how we do our point standings. And uh, by the way, Ronnie's won two weeks in a row, and he's leading. He's got three points, and you've got one. And Greg and I haven't. Uh, we suck in air. We suck in air, but uh, <laughs> it is a very simple point standings. What you just described is exactly what we use. Yeah. One, one yeah. thing I want to mention, Nelson, is whose idea. And like I say, we, we're behind NASCAR. We just want to see them get right. We love them to death. We're behind them. But who come up with the idea of putting restrictor plate on in some guns at Charlotte? Have they lost their mind? Well, they think uh, that it made for a better show in the Xfinity cars at Indianapolis last year. Uh, and that's the theory behind it. Now, when they got to the track yesterday, they were issued uh, front air inlets. And the inlet, you know, comes in the front of the car and it goes out by the front tire. Uh, the big question uh, I had, and this did a number of the uh, car owners, what happens when you come up on somebody's quarter panel and you have all the uh, air coming out of the front wheel well? Is that going to spin the other car out even easier than before? Now, granted, you've got a, a much larger spoiler and it's got you know ears on both ends would stick way up. Uh, which, again, caused a problem because drivers say they can't see, uh, you know, out of the mirror. Uh, so more and more relying on the, uh, on the spotter. But, you know, they're trying something. If it works, great. If it doesn't, you know, they'll try something else. But, you know, people come to see an exciting race, and the general consensus is that tonight's going to be an exciting race. Uh, whether it's a crash fest or not, it's hard to tell. So are you telling me they've got air coming in the front of the car, which they've always had, but it's it's exit, exiting out the side of the car? That is correct. And at what location does it come out? Did you say around the front wheel well or something? Around the front wheel well, correct. Well, that's, I mean. What is it supposed to do? Yeah, what's that do? It's probably more drag is what they uh, did it for. But if it's going to, you know, screw up the side drafting. That's, that that was my next question, side drafting. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're uh, going along and I'm coming up to pass you and I come up in uh, your rear quarter panel and all that air is coming out my uh, front wheel well, blowing you sideways, uh, is the big rear spoiler going to be enough to offset that pressure that's pushing you sideways? Yeah. I'll tell you, though, they, they got, you know... The, NASCAR's got some good drivers out there. There's no offense, but it's about it. But they also got a bunch of children driving them cars. 
and it mm-hmm. looks pretty bad when you take some kid out of nowhere you know that you don't know where he come from or nothing and put him in a good car and he runs to the front now people don't like that people want to see it see a piercing under their petty wrestling that son of a gun Make, well, making it, too it all boils down to as much as they bitch and moan about, oh, the car doesn't drive right, this and that. Uh, about four years ago, uh, in testing at Daytona, Rusty Wallace got into the two car. And he said, man, this car is nowhere near like uh, you know, I had a couple of years ago. It's like driving a Cadillac down the interstate instead of uh, driving a two-and-a-half-ton truck down uh, the side road. Uh, the cars have gotten so good. They drive so well that, uh, you know, if everything's right, they're easy to drive. But when they're not perfect, that's when the, uh, you know, the inspectors are the, you know, uh, uh, the experienced drivers can do much better. You know, I, I don't see the, uh, I was just thinking about what you said earlier about when Greg was talking about the restrictor plate, and I don't see the, of course, I wouldn't see because I'm not an engineer and I'm not half as intelligent as you are, Nelson, about this stuff, but I don't see the the similarity between restrictor plates on an Xfinity car at Indianapolis and restrictor plates at Charlotte. I mean, that's two different kinds of tracks. They're both fast, but uh, I, I don't know. You drive them differently, and... That just seems okay, like a weird one, uh, comparison. That is a bad one comparison. thing on the restrictor plate. It's a lot larger than the Daytona Talladega restrictor plate. However, the engines are quote the open or they're supposed to be the open engine, uh, which uh, you know, you don't make the modifications for like you do in Daytona and Talladega. I never would for so, restrictor plate anyway. You know, it's like well, one of the engine you know, builders uh, said. You know, we work for years and years and years to get the 600 horsepower then we work for years and years and years to get to 650 and then all of a sudden they come around they throw a flat plate on it they don't know how to even police that first time another and take every always thing the people technology worked all that time to throw it out the window because they're scared of a car running over 191 at daytona and getting sideways they just need to do some other things but Speed, if you take the speed and danger out of, out, out of racing, it ain't racing no more. Junior Johnson said that time and time again. And I think well, we're going to have plenty of speed at Indianapolis today where they ran yesterday up close to 231 miles, or oh, a little over 231. Nelson, we, we right. need to get our picks in here before uh, before time gets away from us. And we are we don't usually do the all-star race, but what the heck, I'm the commissioner, so go ahead and uh, who you like tonight. Well, it's hard to say, but I think I'm going to try Harvick. Uh-oh. Ronnie just frowned. Yeah, Ronnie frowned on <laughs> well, that. Well, no, that's okay. I told you I wasn't going to pick him this week. Okay. I'm going with Matt Kenseth. Uh, Matt Kenseth, and uh, that would be interesting to see him coming out of mothballs and win one this quickly. Gregory? I'm going with Leonard Wood. Uh, that would be Good Paul pick. Menard. That's right. And uh, we just had Leonard on the show. It was a great guest. And I guess I'll go with number two. If nobody else wants him, I'll take him. Nelson, um, you be safe, and we'll talk to you next week. We appreciate everything you uh, you do for the show, and uh, you're still the best. Okay. Uh, one uh, little thing since you talked about Leonard. Yep. Uh, they took the 71 Mercury, uh, you know, that uh, Pearson and Kale and uh, Parnelli uh, and Johnny Allison uh, and A.J. Foydall drove. And they've got uh, all of them to sign the uh, hood on the car.
they took it in the trailer down a half mile from Pearson's house, had him on, on the front porch, uh, and Leonard drives the car up. So, no. you know, this was just well, a cool. week ago. That's wicked. Well, that that's really is. Great. I wish we would have known that before we talked to Leonard. We could ask him about it. But, uh, Nelson, that's that's a great one to finish on. You have a, a, a safe afternoon. and uh, Be careful coming back down that interstate. Yeah, and we'll talk to you Absolutely. next week. Okay, sounds good. That's Nelson Crozier, trackside. As a, He uh, you know, said something one time about not talking about him being trackside because he's not always there, but he has been lately. He has been lately. I mean, Kansas I think he and just Dover. loves to go. Yep, Kansas yeah. and Dover and everywhere. Yeah. So we got our picks in, and um, I just wanted to run over a few things here to line up for tonight. Perry, can, can I just say one oh, thing? Oh, yeah, yeah, just go ahead. Greg, one thing, Greg, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no. I just want to tell the listening audience that start your engines – is not only a great racing show, but we are now uh, co-sponsoring Double uh, A Gasser, Ernie Smith, and it's going to have uh, start your engines box logo real big on it. And uh, he start, I think he starts at Knoxville, then they go to Illinois. So people will be pulling for that car, and we'll have Ernie um, uh, here in a few weeks. Yep, absolutely. That's fantastic, Greg. How'd you wrangle that? Well, you know, he's been on the show a few times. He does run good. And uh, me and Berta know him ever since they were younger. And uh, I think Boots and Sonny was, or somebody was sponsoring for a while. And it, it got a little bit too costly. But, no, he's got, he, he's got a major sponsor. We're just, uh, we're just, we're, we're the associate. We're, well, we're a tack-on sponsor. Yeah. You say it's on the back of the car? Somewhere. Well, I mean, I, I, the guy he's beating, I'll get a good look at it then. Yeah. Okay, I just wanted to touch on, and that's that's great, Greg. I'm glad you pointed that out. I, I was, um, I wanted to give you some time to say that. Uh, the um, All Star Race tonight at Charlotte got Matt Kenseth on the pole, driving a Jack, uh, yeah, Jack Roush Ford with a Stenhouse beside him, and another Jack Roush Ford. So it looks like uh, they might be the team to beat there with Boyer, Harvick, Truex, and Blaney. And on down the line to the last place starter is Casey Kane. We have um, Indy qualifying, and it looks like we're going to have a bump day today. I think they've got 35 or 36 cars. They tore a couple of them up yesterday, but they're supposed to be repairable. And uh, today they will qualify the whole field, except the top nine will carry over to 4 o'clock tomorrow where they'll have a separate qualifying session, and that will determine the poll. So um, if you got 33 cars and 35 uh, people trying to get in the race, or 33 positions and 35 cars trying to get in the race, that's the way it used to be when it was interesting to see the guy on the bubble sit there and sweat it out to see if uh, his time would hold up. So, that's one of the greatest <coughs> things in the world. And they're running 231 miles an hour yesterday in practice. The track record's 237, which actually was by Larry Leindyke, uh Two year, uh, 22 years ago. We got the Xfinity cars coming up. Uh, Grand Prix is off this week. Uh, Lewis Hamilton went in Spain last week, and we've got um, Monaco next week, which is like a huge weekend with the 600 and the 500 in Monaco. I love watching Monaco. Uh, that's, I mean, that's these are three classic races all on the same day. I mean, you, you can be a full day of racing. It's a full day of racing. It sure is with uh, a cookout thrown in the middle somewhere. Next closest thing to having a full day of football. 
Yep. Uh, I'm not sure it's not better, though. I, de- I guess it depends on who's playing. But uh, that was a good show. It was great to have everybody back in the studio. And I, I really enjoy talking to Leonard Wood. He was great. So uh, we will see you next week. A lot of racing. Be careful out there on the highways. And keep it between the fences. Talk to you next week. Bye, y'all. You've been listening to Start Your Engines. Tune in each Saturday morning at 10 during the season for the very latest in auto racing news, interviews, and guests from around the sport. To find out more or order Perry Allen Woods books on motorsports, visit McFarlandBooks.com. Start Your Engines has been a presentation of Fox Sports Spartanburg, LLC. All rights reserved. Fox Sports 1400's website is Spartanburg